Refresh. Hey, what's up, you guys? It's your boy, The Muffin Man, coming back at you again with another episode of Refresh Podcast. Man, it has been quite some time since I've been with you guys, and I'm sorry that it's becoming such a habit for me to say. Uh, it has been like three weeks since I've really created anything uh, with the busyness of work and, and the holidays and uh, laziness and, and just... I'm sorry that um, podcasts have taken such uh, the back seat, but I am back. I am super excited with a new refreshing word for you here today, um, resuming part three of our Why Jesus Christ series. And so um, before we do that, let's just go ahead and we're going to open up in prayer. Father, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to speak into the hearts of your people today. God, I pray that the seeds from this message will be planted into our hearts, God, that they can be watered by you and God that they can become a great part of the harvest that is found in our lives in the seasons to come. God, I pray that this would encourage us, Lord, that we can choose you because you are indeed the best way, because you are indeed the only way. Father, we thank you. We give you the highest praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So last time we talked, we talked about that Jesus Christ was compassionate and that's why you can trust him. That's why you can follow after him because he is compassionate. And we took examples from the Gospel of Mark, and we're going to see all the different times that Jesus himself was indeed compassionate. And now those were very small glimpses. Those are only very small examples because Jesus has been compassionate the entirety of his existence here on earth and even before that. But today I want to talk to you about why Jesus Christ, episode three, he is intimately involved in all of your ways. Now I know that is quite a long title. Um, I revised this title so many times, and this is just the title that really has seemed to just fit in, in what's going on today. So we're going to be talking about that Jesus Christ knows you. He knows you because he is intimately involved in all of your ways. I want to take time to revisit Psalm 139. Now I know in a in a previous podcast I had talked about Psalms 139, but there's a few verses here that I want to explore that I want to talk about that will help set the atmosphere for why Jesus Christ is event- intimately involved in all of your ways. In verse 3, you are intimately acquainted with all of my ways. This is the Psalms that he is speaking from himself, from his heart to the Father. Then he says, Lord, you are intimately involved in all of my ways. Verse 13 goes on to say, For you formed my inward parts, and you wove me together in my mother's womb. Now, when I was typing out the imagery I got of that is like Build the Bear Workshop. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to go to Build the Bear Workshop, but you go there and you can literally choose like every single thing. You can choose the skin of your stuffed animal, you can choose the stuffing and how stuffy you make it. You know, you can choose outfits and all these really detailed things. And I thought about that whenever Jesus is um there in in the moments that we're being knitted together in our mother's womb and as the father is there and he's creating um who we're are going to be in our mother's womb he's you know i imagine like okay he's gonna have these eyes okay he's gonna have this voice okay he's gonna be stuffed like this you know verse 16 your eyes have seen my unformed substance and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me 
What is yet there was not one of them. I love that. I don't want to breeze past that. I want to take a little bit moment to talk about this. That when your eyes have seen my unformed substance. So meaning when before you were biologically engineered. And you were biologically declared a baby. That at the moment of conception. That you were farmed in his eyes. That he saw you. And that in his book were written all the days of your lives before you even had your first one. See, that's how personal he is. That's how intimately involved in all of your ways he is. It's super difficult to read Psalms 139 without seeing how personal life with our Creator is. Today I want to talk to you about a man that felt overlooked. The Bible pretty much says that this man was really short guy. And I don't want to spoil too much more about our homie, but before we jump into that, have you ever felt that way before? Have you ever felt lonely? Have you ever felt overlooked? Man, this story is for you. So our story today comes out of Luke 19 verses 1 through 10. And in verse 1, it says that Jesus enters into Jericho. Now, this is a pretty big deal because in chapter 17 and 18 of Luke, Jesus is in Samaria and Galilee, but he enters into Jericho, a place where Zacchaeus, a chief tax collector, lived. Galilee to Jericho is 106 kilometers apart. That translates to 65.8 miles. Now, of course, this is travel by foot. There wasn't Uber in this time, and in the biblical days, there weren't cars. Most travel was done by the old school Flintstone cars your feet. So Jesus travels by foot 65.8 miles to meet Zacchaeus. Imagine the distance from the throne of heaven to us. Just take a moment to breathe that in. Take a moment to think about that in your mind. Man, Jesus traveled 65.8 miles to meet Zacchaeus. Imagine the distance from the throne of heaven to us. In verse 3, Zacchaeus is trying to see who Jesus is, but he's unsuccessful because of the crowd, for he was small in stature. Small in stature, meaning he was short. So often we don't see ourselves the way God sees us. You know, we tend to measure up ourselves as small in stature. You know, we tend to think, man, God, you know, just like uh, the spies that went into the promised land and they saw these giants in, in the Old Testament and they were like, oh, man, God, you know, there's giants in the land and, and we must have looked like grasshoppers in their eyes. But, you know, I want you to know that even the giants in your life that you may feel intimidated by and you may think that you're like a grasshopper in their eyes, that to our father, those giants are grasshoppers in his eyes. So often we don't see ourselves the way God has seen us, the way God continues to see us. We tend to measure ourselves as short in Stature, the crowd. What is your crowd? What's keeping you from being successful of seeing Jesus? What are you surrounded by that makes you feel so small in stature because you can't see Jesus? I want to point out that this is Jericho after all. In verse 4, Zacchaeus climbs up a tree to see Jesus. Verse 5, when Jesus comes to the place, he looks directly at Zacchaeus. In the tree, or he is trying to see Jesus. 
And he asks us to come out because he wants to stay at his house. He says, Zacchaeus, come down. Come down from that tree. I'm here. I want to stay at your house. And in verse 6, he says that Zacchaeus hurried and came down and he received him gently. See, Zacchaeus wasted no time coming down to respond to Jesus' request. And I love that so much that it talks about that he immediately, he hurried down out of the tree to go and, and receive Jesus gently. I think that's great because so often, you know, we tend to do that. We tend to get a, a move. We get, tend to get a call from Jesus. And, and we feel that Holy Spirit's prompt us to do something. And we're like, man, that's awesome. Man, you know, God did this for me. Man, you know, Jesus really met me in this church service and we don't do anything with it. We write about it in our diaries and our journals and we don't do anything with that. You know, I think it's great that Zacchaeus responded like that. That when Jesus calls out to him in a crowd of sins, that, you know, he hurried. And we need to be like that. We need to hurry. We need to receive Jesus in those moments when he prompts our hearts the very same way. See, the person that Zacchaeus was anticipating was anticipating him the entire time. And I love that so much. In verse 7, it says that when the crowd saw this, they begin to grumble saying, he has gone to be a guest of a man who is a sinner. Isn't it just like your sins to belittle you in your moment of breakthrough? That sin comes to, man, here's the thing, guys. Satan loves to influence you to do the wrong thing. And then he frames you with 100% of the blame. See, the problem is this. The Bible says that our hearts are deceitfully wicked from birth, meaning that we were born into sin nature. And because of that, we cannot trust our hearts. We cannot trust what we think is best for us. Because we don't know what's best for us. The Bible says that there's no cure for that deceitfully wicked heart. Jesus is the cure. Jesus is the cure for that heart. It, it's no cure that we can have on our own. And that's definitely what, it, what I'm seeing here, guys, is that whenever you feel influenced, whenever you feel tempted to do the wrong thing, and then whenever you fall short and whenever you mess up and you do the wrong thing, it seems like 100% of the blame comes on you. But thank God that Jesus left the throne to inhabit among the presence of sinners. Or you know what? I would not have had a chance to be redeemed. Verse 8 says that Zacchaeus destroys any evidence of his sins. That's what's going on here. Um, Zacchaeus begins to destroy any evidence of his sins. And in verse 8 it says, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. Because see what happens here is... One contact with Jesus Christ brings clarity and conviction. Whenever Jesus was there and, and Zacchaeus was in the presence of Jesus and he was face to face with Jesus and Jesus made things personal with him and said, Zacchaeus, come here. And Zacchaeus got down there and went. He began to see in that moment everything it is that he was doing wrong. And he felt the conviction. He said, Lord, I need to make things right. I need to make things right. 
I'm going to give half of my possessions away to the poor. I'm going to give back whatever I've cheated people out of four times as much. Zacchaeus took action because he did not want any reputation of his before Jesus life to blemish his fresh start. And I think that's so often happens to us is that Jesus is here and he wants to give you new life. He wants to transform your heart. Because whenever you come to a place of salvation, the old man passes away. And behold, a new man comes alive. And we tend to allow everything it is in the life of the old man, everything that the old man has done to become the reputation of the new man. I want you to see something here. That's why it is called the old man. That is why it is called the new man. Because I don't want whatever the old man of me did to be the very thing that the new man of me is carrying on to, is holding on to. The reputation that the new man of me is holding on to. Because I want the old reputation with the old man to die whenever the old man dies new life new reputation and Zacchaeus took action because he didn't want the old Zacchaeus to blemish the new Zacchaeus see verse 9 says that today salvation has come to this house Jesus declared that salvation had arrived to Zacchaeus and he says that salvation has come upon your house Zacchaeus Jesus traveled 65.8 miles to bring Zacchaeus salvation. Verse 10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. For something to be lost, it had to once been found. And Zacchaeus belonged to Jesus before he even knew he did. Because Jesus chose to love all of us before we ever loved him. That's deep, guys. That's very, very deep. I had a friend of mine text me today, and he said, Jason, he said, why did God create Adam if he knew that Adam was going to turn his back on him? You know, why did uh, God uh, send the flood to wipe out the Nephilims and and allow life to be recreated if he just knew that things were going to go back to the way they were? And my answer to him was perfect love. See, it all revolves around love. That God knows the heart. God knows what we're going to do before we even do it. He sees the long term of our lives. And because he loves us, he gives us an opportunity of redemption. He gives us an opportunity to choose eternity. To choose life with him forever. But guys, I want you to know something. That whatever path you choose, whoever you choose to follow, you will live forever. But heaven will not be your destination if you're not choosing Jesus. It's not about how good I can be, but it's about how good he is. I want to read you something that a friend of mine sent me today. My friend of mine sent me this. He sent me this word and it says, The marker of those who understand the gospel of Jesus Christ is that when they stumble and fall, When they screw up, they run to God and not from Him. Because they clearly understand that their acceptance before God is not based upon their behavior, but on the righteous life of Jesus Christ and His sacrificial death. That's what salvation is. It's giving you life that you couldn't achieve on your own. And oftentimes we tend to commit our lives to Jesus But then at times we become lost. Different seasons roll in and we find our hearts being distant from God. And we're like, God, where are you? 
that I thought I was doing things right, but I don't feel you. Even if you don't feel God, he's still right there. Even if you don't see God, he's right there. It's not based on if you can see him or if you can feel him. He's not in an invasion in his word. And his word says in Hebrews 13, 5, that he, he encourages us to be content with the things we have. And he promises that he will never leave us nor forsake us. That is a promise. You can trust that promise. Guys, and there's times where we tend to make compromising decisions that push us farther and farther away. But I want you to know something. That God will find you wherever you tend to wander to. He didn't let 65.8 miles keep him from Zacchaeus. The thing is this, he left the throne to find you. In your Jericho, in your crowd of sins. And whenever I say in your Jericho, this is what I'm talking about. Jericho was known as one of the oldest ancient cities that the Israelites and Joshua had to conquer. When it got to Jericho, it seemed like it was absolutely impossible because there was these walls that were fortified the city that made it nearly impossible to seize. But they began to walk around these walls and walk around these walls and begin to worship God and 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 worship God. And eventually those walls came tumbling down. And they were able to get into that city. But here's the thing. If you want to get past your Jericho, you got to keep worshiping God. You got to keep worshiping, keep worshiping, keep worshiping, keep worshiping, keep worshiping God. And your crowd of sins, keep worshiping, keep worshiping, keep worshiping God. Jesus calls directly, do you? In your tree? Because you can't see him. But he sees you. He wants you to come down. Because salvation has come to your house. Zacchaeus can easily be you. And in fact, Zacchaeus is a lot like you. Friend, listener, whoever's hearing this, there's been times in your life where you felt a lot like Zacchaeus. You heard about Jesus and you heard about all the great things that Jesus has done. And you know that one contact with him could change the entirety of your life. But you see yourself because you feel you're you're so short in stature. Because you feel like you have nothing good to offer to Jesus. You can't see Jesus because of the crowd that you're with. The crowd is reminding you and grumbling like, oh, you came for him? Oh, Jesus came for you? Don't you remember what you did? Don't you remember that life of sin you did? Don't you remember that mistake that you did? Oh, Jesus came here for you? <laughs> you better think again. No, don't let those lies tell you that. Don't let the reputation of your old life tell you that. Jesus is intimately involved in all of your ways. And even if you don't feel like he is, he is. He is personal. And you can trust him. He won't fail you. See, I think the biggest problem that people have with following somebody is because they feel like they have to trust somebody to follow them. I've heard it said that I understand why people don't love Jesus. I understand why people don't love God. Because you can only trust somebody you know. You can only love somebody you know. You can trust God and know that you're placing your trust in Him and He will never fail you. And although life may seem difficult and though life may seem troubling, I want you to know something here. Here's the secret here. Life is going to be troubling whether you're doing it without God or with Him. And I'd rather do troubling life with God because He gives me hope to get through it. 
He walks through it with me. Why can you trust Jesus Christ? Because he is intimately involved in all of your ways. He cares about you. He saw you before you were biologically constructed. Before your parents knew they were having a baby, he knew about you. Before your friends knew you, he knew you. Before your your crush knew you or, or doesn't know you, he knows you. When the crowd tells you that you're disqualified, Jesus says that you're qualified because he's intimately involved in all of your ways. And today he wants to make things personal with you. Will you climb out of your tree? Will you immediately climb out of your tree and meet him where he is? Because he, he's here for you. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for this message. God, I thank you that so much that just like when you were traveling into Jericho and Zacchaeus was there and you made things personal with him, God, I thank you that you're wanting to do the very same thing for us here tonight. God, do you want to make things personal with us right here, right now? God, I pray for the person that is hearing this podcast right now. God, that you would make things personal with them. Father, that if they don't know you, if they don't have a life with you, God, then I pray that you would influence them right now to confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and to believe in their hearts, Lord, that you have been resurrected, that you overcame death. God, that salvation will come upon us. That salvation will come to this house of ours. God, I thank you that you're so intimately involved in all of our ways. In all of your ways, you're so intimately involved. God, I thank you that you saw us before anybody ever saw us. And God, that you knew us before anyone ever knew us. God, I thank you that you are constantly making things personal with us. God, that we can lean back on you and and know that you are there. God, that you walk through this life with us, and I'm so grateful for that. God, I pray that you would remind us that even on the darkest days, God, that whenever we're stumbling, whenever we're falling, God, that the reason that you came to do life with us, the reason that you came to sacrifice and give your life in our place is so that we can be redeemed and that we can have life that lasts forever. God, I thank you that it's not about how good I am, but it's about how good you are. And God, whenever we take time to make time with you, God, whenever we take time to spend time with you, God, I pray that you would reveal to us just how intimately involved you are. God, even on our days when we're not spending time with you, God, I pray that you would just remind us how intimately involved you are. God, I thank you and we give you the highest praise because you're so good. God, there's no one like you in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I encourage you by now. We are into episode three of our Why Jesus Christ series. If you have any questions, I want you to know that Jesus Christ is indeed the only way to get to heaven. He is the best way to do life with. And when you sell your life to him, when you sell out to him, whenever you surrender your life to his feet, you cannot go wrong because you will come out on top. He was saying that in the book of Mark, I want to say it's chapter 10, whenever he's talking to his disciples after a young rich ruler, and Peter says, what about us? We gave up everything for you. And Jesus says, because you gave up everything for me, you're going to have way more than when you started. That's how it is, folks. When we are casting our crowns at his feet, and we're giving our lives for him, that we're storing our treasures in the life in the next. And our inheritance in the next life is far greater than anything we can ever imagine. This has been your boy, the Muffin Man, with another episode of Refresh Podcast, where Christ goes before us so we can bring you another refreshing word. Guys, I love you so much. Share this podcast with somebody you feel needs to know why Jesus Christ is the most important way. And I cannot wait to be back with you guys for another amazing episode of Refresh Podcast. I love you guys so much. Have a good rest of your week. 
Take it easy. Don't be cheesy.